This is Anthony. You can find me on Instagram at CrosstrekWRX. This is episode 141 of the Subi and You podcast. That is correct. This is episode 141 of the Subi and You podcast. Welcome back if you have been here already. And welcome to all the new listeners. Hopefully we've got some new listeners on this episode. And if you are new to the podcast and listening to this episode for the first time, there's 140 other episodes before this one that you can go check out. So you've got some homework to do. I started having my guests do the intro for the episode, which is something new for the podcast that I decided to implement. And on this one, starting with this one, there's something new also. So be sure to tune in to the end because I have some end credits uh, starting with this episode that I decided to throw together and I had somebody help me out with it. So stay tuned. The Subi and You podcast is brought to you by Eccentric Designs. For those of you who don't know, Eccentric Designs is a small, community-driven business that offers custom-fit vinyl overlays for most Subaru models. This includes various designs for the rear reflectors, taillights, and side taillights. I also offer fun decal designs like the popular fender stripes and stickers. To find designs for your Subi, head on over to eccentricdesigns.com. There's always more projects in the works, so be sure to follow at eccentric.designs on Instagram. Thank you, Eccentric Designs, for sponsoring the Sue and You podcast. I really appreciate it, and I'm very glad to have you here as a sponsor. So yeah, go check out Eccentric Designs, the website and the Instagram page. There is lots there for your Subaru. She also has new rear reflector overlays for the 2024 Impreza and Crosstrek. So that's really exciting that she has that new product out. Go check it out. And shout out to Ashley, who goes by A Panda TX for being one of the first product testers for the rear reflector overlays, because Ashley has one of the new Impreza RSs. So that's really cool. So congrats for being one of the product testers for Eccentric Designs. This episode is brought to you by Subaru Gear. Did you know that Subaru Gear just launched a collection with Bucky Lassick? There is a trucker hat, a t-shirt, and a refillable water bottle, all with really cool graphics featuring the bucket. So head on over to SubaruGear.com and be sure to use the code SUBNU23 at checkout to get 20% off the items featured in the Bucky Lassick collection. Thank you so much, Subaru Gear, for sponsoring the Subi and You podcast. We have another patron question of the week, and this one comes from Jeff, who goes by Slow Subies on Instagram. And he asks, as a relative newcomer, which is me, what surprised you? What has surprised you most about the Subaru community? First off, I still feel like I am new, even though I've owned my Crosstrek for three years now. I still feel new because there's still so much to, to know. There's still so much I don't know. So, but I would say what has surprised me the most is how genuine so many people are and how helpful so many people are. Because if you are new to this community, especially if you're new to the community and you don't really know how to go about meeting other people or you don't know how to go about putting together a mod people are so helpful because we all want to see each other succeed in our own builds and we all realize that we were newbies at one time too so it's 
It's just that the eagerness of people willing to help each other out and achieve their dreams and their goals of building their Subaru to their liking. So I, I think it's just what surprised me the most, just how helpful everybody is. And I know that if you are like me, you know that you appreciate that. And it's been a great help in trying to realize the dream of your own build. Because there's stuff that a lot of times we don't know how to do. And so it's good to reach out to people and ask them for help and guidance and assistance. And then what's even better beyond that is when you have people around you that are able to physically help you with your mods. That's That goes even beyond, and I believe that is truly the best part. But also, it's just great to meet people. It's It's great to feel how welcoming everybody is in the community. I think that's really what has been surprising as well. So it's not just one thing. It's just a culmination of things coming together. But it truly feels like a family and you end up connecting with so many people in so many different places. And it's you feel like you just have this great extension of yourself and all these people that you call friends even though you've never met them and that's something that I've never really experienced to this level ever in my life and it's really great to be a part of it so thank you so much for your question Jeff that was a really good one this episode is brought to you by Melee Design Firm at Melee Design Firm they believe making the best performance parts from the highest quality materials is the only way to operate and now for select rally spec products such as the Group 35 rally spec battery mount for the Crosstrek and for Subaru products such as the front strut tower brace and engine bay caps, you can now get 5% off by using the code SUBIPLUSU at checkout. So that's the little plus symbol that you will use. So head on over to MeleeDesignFirm.com and check out the Rally Spec and Subaru sections of the website to see what they have to offer for your Subaru. And be sure to use the code SUBI plus U for 5% off. Thank you so much, Melee Design Firm, for sponsoring the Subi and U podcast. This episode is also brought to you by Rika VS, makers of the Seeker Detour and the new Drifter wheels, also the Tetons that you can find and see on Pearl the Crosstrek, as well as lift kits for the first and second gen Crosstrek, the fourth and fifth gen Forester, and the fifth and sixth gen Outback. You can find lift kits for all of those models at Rika VS. Rika is committed to providing you with the highest quality specialized wheels and lift kits that will allow you to travel further, experience all those new adventures, and discover extraordinary destinations. Rika wants to make sure that you are ready for anything wherever adventure takes you. Be sure to use the code SUBU10 at checkout to get 10% off a set of those wheels or one of those lift kits. Thank you so much, Rika, for sponsoring the SUBI and You podcast. And now it's time to get into this episode with Anthony, a.k.a. Crosstrek WRX, to hear why it's called Crosstrek WRX. So let's get into this conversation and find out why. And again, be sure to stay tuned to the end to check out the new credits. All right, everybody, here we go.
Hey, welcome to the podcast, Anthony. It's nice to have you on. Yeah, thanks for having me. You're welcome. So for everybody listening, this is another guest that I was able to meet in person before recording, which is really cool. We met back at SubiFest California 2022, and as you know, I had a booth out there in like the little Subaru village, and he was right next to me doing blip shift. And so I think I ended up having to borrow the power from your <laughs> from your generator because yep. they didn't have power for me. And so, and then I even had to borrow a charge cord for my MacBook because I was like, the one thing that I forgot to bring was a power cord for my MacBook. So... So that was how we met and uh, just got to chat for a little bit and you've been on the list ever since then. And so now here we are. It's great to have you on. Yeah. Excited. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And then we were chatting last night and found out we have something else in common. We were talking about Mitch with Melee Design Firm. And uh, it was because I was chatting with you at the same time I was chatting with him. So that was kind of cool. I like it because I saw that. I was browsing through your Instagram page and I saw some Melee stuff and I texted Mitch. I was like, hey, do you know this guy? And he's like, oh, yeah, he's great. He's like <laughs> one of my OG customers. Yeah, I met Mitch back in 2019, I think. Yeah. And he's been helping out ever since. Yeah, he's he's great. So it's nice to have him on board and have that connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is this your first Subaru that you've ever had? This is actually my second Subaru that I've had. So before my WRX, I actually had a 2010 Impreza hatchback. Okay. Um, nothing special, red, four-speed auto, but it was was my first Subaru. Nice. And what got you interested in Subaru in the first place? This is actually kind of built out of need. So I was kind of looking for a new vehicle. So I got rid of my um, first car, which was a 92 Ford Explorer. And I was looking for something a little bit more fuel efficient, something a little bit smaller, but something that still had all-wheel drive because where I live up here in Flagstaff, Arizona, does snow a fair amount. Oh, yeah. And that kind of narrowed it down to Subaru. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember them like making rally cars. Like, I think those were really cool. And I'm like, I'll just get, you know, look for an Impreza hatchback. I think that's like a, you know, reasonable vehicle to try and find. So that's kind of how I ended up um, finding one of those and then had that for a couple years before I got my WRX. Yeah, it's definitely good to have all-wheel drive up there. And so I have friends that used to live in Flagstaff. And then, you know, of course, I'm thinking Arizona, I'm thinking hot. And they sent me pictures of the snow in Flagstaff. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know it snows that much up there. Like, it's it gets crazy snow up there. Oh, yeah. it's We get a ton of snow. There is, like, periods during the winter where we have, like, the most snow out of any place in the U.S., which is hard wow. for people to believe being in Arizona. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. I would have never thought, you know, like, because, I mean, we flew into Phoenix and it was like 115 degrees or something. And then, but it was cool because we, when we went up there to go visit, we ended up going up to Snow Bowl because I, being from Houston, there's no ski resorts around here and I've never been to one. And so they had one of the lifts open at Snow Bowl and we went up to mm -hmm. the top and got to there was and it was in june and there was still like some big chunks of snow and ice up there and i was like this is really cool that's awesome yeah it's a neat place it is yeah I, I would love to go back i want to go back there at some point and i want to go drive around with my subaru out there because it's you know it's a decent drive but 100 percent worth it well let me know if you ever come out i can show you all the the fun sites yeah definitely so what got you into or out of your Impreza and into your WRX? 
it was more of something I wanted something a little bit more fun. So I loved loved my Impreza, but it was again just the naturally aspirated four speed auto. So it wasn't anything special, but it was kind of a lot of fun. And I was you know kept thinking to myself like, man, it'd be a lot of fun to have something that you know would have about a hundred extra horsepower and a manual. And turns out Subaru makes exactly that. <laughs> so it's kind of figured. <laughs> so I kind of figured that out, and I'm like, I can still keep all the practicality that I have now, but I have a car that's you know way more powerful, way more fun. And then kind of started doing a search for uh, um, you know, WRX hatchback from there on. Yeah, and it's nice because it's similar in size. And then you've got the the aspect of the hatchback, which hatchbacks, I love having a hatchback because you've got all that extra space. And then, you know, and then you've got the, the speed aspect with it. So that's really cool. And were you looking for, because I know yours is blue, but were you looking for any particular color or was that like what was available? So ideally, like if I could have chosen it, I would have loved to have gone with a red WRX. But the problem with those was if you wanted the wide body WRX and you wanted red, the only model year that Subaru offered that combination was in 2011. And then Uh, from there on out, um, they kind of stopped making the red. And initially I was looking for a used one. And then, you know, at the time I couldn't find a used one that, you know, made any financial sense because they all had like 30,000 miles on them. Yeah. And they were only four or $5,000 cheaper than a new one. So then from there, I kind of pivoted to I'm like, all right, I'm going to find a new one. And then from there, I'm like, well, what colors do they have on the new ones? And I'm like, well, blue seems like the coolest one. I could do like the, you know, original Subaru blue and gold. I think that would be a lot of fun. So yeah. it's kind of very much in the forefront when I you know, was looking for the car, it had to be a blue one. Yeah. So what year is yours? Mine's a 2014. So last of the hatchbacks. Yeah, I know. I mean, see, like I didn't know much about Subaru at all before I started, before I bought mine, but I always noticed the, the WRX and the STI hatchbacks. And I was like, those are so nice. And it wasn't until I bought mine that I didn't realize that they weren't making them anymore. Cause it's not like mm-hmm. I was, you know, looking around at all the new Subarus. I was just looking at the, at the uh, Crosstrek, but yeah, when I found out they stopped making them, I was like, that sucks because those are like, you know, for anything that I recognized as a Subaru, like that was what I always saw. And mm-hmm. I, I was just like, those are so cool. It's like, so awesome. And yeah, it sucks yeah. that they stopped making them. Yeah. <laughs> so like with your WRX, you call it the Crosstrek WRX. So where did that come from? So initially, you know, if people know back then, the WRX was still like a derivative of the Impreza. So the official name is the Impreza WRX. And then a Crosstrek is basically just the lifted Impreza. So when I lifted my Impreza WRX, I thought it'd be funny to put a Crosstrek badge on it because at that point it's a lifted Impreza. So I'm like, yeah, it's a Crosstrek WRX. It's got the ground clearance of a um, Crosstrek with the performance of a WRX. (laughs) Nice, nice. So I guess, I, I mean, I was looking through your Instagram, but you, so you actually have a Crosstrek badge on it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually took the Impreza badge off and I walked into the Subaru dealership here in town and ordered a, or I took the Impreza badge off and I ordered a Crosstrek badge That's hilarious. and put that on there. And I've actually had a couple people follow me into like gas stations and stuff. I'm like, oh, I didn't know Subaru made that. And I'm like, they didn't. <laughs> I <Yeah>. did. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. I like that. Yeah, that's cool. Okay. Yeah. Cause I was wondering like, okay, so where did Crosstrek come from it? <laughs> yeah, that's good. So I guess, so you said it's, it's lifted now and it's a, the height of a Crosstrek. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nice. Nice. Do you have anybody giving you any flack for lifting it? 
Not really. I think most people think it's, you know, at least up here in Flagstaff, like most people think it's really cool because it's like, especially at the time when I did it, like there weren't as many as there are now. Like people thought it was something like really kind of cool and like more rally inspired. And like I really like leaned heavily into the whole rally look and people were all about it. Like there's very few people that I've actually run into that didn't really like it. Even if taken it out to California a couple of times and have gone to like cars and coffee and like people have lost their minds about it because it's something that they don't see there because normally there it's like, you know, the lowered life, at least back then. They're yeah. like, that's lifted. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it looks really good. And like everything flows well together. I mean, you've got like the rally lights on the front. You've got the nice wheels. You've got the big spoiler in the back. Yeah, it looks it looks really good. So, like, what was the first thing that you did to it when you got it? I mean, and so, I mean, you, you obviously lifted it. You did some other things to it. When you first got it, were you thinking like, hey, I'm going to do some stuff with this car? Or were you like, I like it the way that it is and it looks good. And then you just found out about these different mods and decided to go that way. So, it was actually interesting when I first got the car, I wanted to go more of like a street build kind of more kind of street track oriented build so i was going to lower it and you know do all that sort of stuff to it and then kind of my you know lifestyle i kind of like doing outdoorsy stuff you know hiking you know backpacking biking and all that sort of things and that has me on like trails a lot of the times and there was i remember there was one trail that i was driving on that i probably shouldn't have taken my subaru on but it said okay for all vehicles which uh, later found out that was a big lie but <laughs> At that point, I'm like, you know, I was bottoming out and stuff. Like I was scraping things. I'm like, ah, and I'm like, I don't know what to do. And I talked to my friend who at the time ran a garage here in town that built rally cars. Oh, He's like, nice. oh easy solution. Lift it. <laughs> and I'm like, what? You can do that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of how that kind of morphed into, you know, going kind of completely the opposite direction. That was maybe... I think a couple years into owning the car, maybe like a year and a half, two years into the owning car when I made that pivot. Yeah, that's nice. I mean, for somebody that is outdoorsy, like you said, and you like to hike and, you know, camp and stuff. I mean, that's like a, it's a perfect solution and like a perfect, I guess, like morphing of what the car is with the speed and the power and everything. And then rally inspired, like you said, and then being able to get you out on trails. I mean, that's like a mm -hmm. nice combination of everything that you've done with it. Yeah. No, I like it. It's definitely unlock the inner, inner fun, I think. Yeah. And then like, so when did you start doing like the other stuff to it? Cause it was the lift, the first thing that you did to it. So technically the first mod I did to the car was an exhaust. I was like, maybe six weeks after I said, I'll keep it stock. <laughs> <laughs> I went out and put an exhaust on it. So I got a, originally a NVIDIA Q300 because I just wanted more boxer rumble. Yeah. And that was kind of the first big thing that I did. Nice. Nice. So what all do you have on it now? I mean, obviously just looking at it, you've got the spoiler, the rally lights, you talked about the lift, you've got the wheels and tires and you've got exhaust. What other things have you done to it? So apart from those, I've got brakes on it as well. So I actually have brakes on there from a uh, 07 to 08 WRX. So the Subaru four piston calipers. Fun thing is that those are pretty much the biggest brakes you can fit underneath a 15 inch wheel. So that's kind of part of the reason I got those and the original brakes on the WRX, I wasn't the biggest fan of because I managed to cook them a couple of <laughs> times doing canyon runs going uphill. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. And then I also have, um, 
roof rack on there just with for the bikes and then the roof tent when I had it. And then interior wise, I did a couple of mods. So um, I swapped out the original seats and I actually put in a pair of seats from a BRZ. Oh, which, nice. Yeah. Because I sat in one of those when I test drove a BRZ once and I'm like, wow, these seats are awesome. Like, I love these seats so much. And then wound up finding a, a used pair on Facebook Marketplace for like $500 oh, and then put bad. them in. And that's been one of my favorite modifications because it's something I interact with every single day. Now, do they bolt in there just the way that the, I mean, did it have like the same bolt pattern for putting them in there? Or did you have to make any modifications for that? Uh, it would have been nice if it was that easy. <laughs> No, so what I wound up doing is I got a planted seat base, and then I actually got the the BRZ seats and drilled out the brackets that originally came with it, and then bolted those seat rails to that seat base, and I actually then got it to bolt into the car that way. Oh, um, nice. The nice thing is the plugs for the heated seats are exactly the same between the BRZ and the WRX, so I still have heated seats in my car. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, very yeah. nice. Yeah, you got to have those heated seats up there. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we don't need them so much here. You know, I mean, sometimes it gets cold, but I mean, it like maybe gets down into the teens at the coldest. But I mean, even when it's mm. like 30 something degrees here, which it gets down into the, you know, below freezing, sometimes it's it's still cold enough to have them. But mine's a base model cross track, so I don't have them. And like the times mm. when I would give my son a ride to school, he'd be like, I wish you had heated seats. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. It'd be nice. But yeah, that okay. was... When I was initially shopping for mine, that was one of the things I wanted was the premium trim level so I could get the heated seats because my Impreza that I had before also had the heated seats and I really like that. Yeah, that'd be hard to get one and not have a feature like that because you would definitely mm. miss it. And again, up there yeah. being being cold, you know? Yep. <laughs> so any other interior mods that you've done? I also painted the, there's like a little, if you're familiar with like the um, 08 to 14, Debrex have like this interior like trim panel that runs across the width of the car that's kind of a silver color yeah actually took that out and had that all repainted world rally blue as well to match the exterior and then i got some knobs like the climate control knobs oh yeah yeah from melee design and billet works um i got those in neon yellow and i put those in there because that's kind of the color theme i've got going on underneath the engine as well as kind of the neon yellow and blue so i kind of progressed that into the interior as well yeah, I've seen those. I've thought about doing that, but I'm not sure what color I would do because I'm, I mean, maybe black because mine are like the, you know, chrome looking color because like mm -hmm. I'm going with the black and white theme on the outside. I don't know if I'd want to do white on the inside because they might get dirty, I guess, but I yeah. So, but yeah, those, I've seen those. Those look really good. Anything else on the interior? Is that pretty much it? I guess it kind of guess qualifies as interior. It's not something I immediately interact with, but I took out the spare tire in the rear. So in the rear, like spare tire well, I took that out and I actually put in another battery. So when I go camping and stuff, I can run the fridge off of that. Nice. And it was actually one of the first melee battery mounts that they made for kind of like overlanding stuff. So I actually got a mount custom made for the battery that I had. And it's actually in the back of the car. And I was one of the first people to get one of their overland style battery mounts. So I have that second battery in the back so I can run like a fridge off of it. That's when I'm really camping. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you said that you had, when you had the rooftop tent, so you're not doing mm -hmm. that anymore. No, I actually just, um, just this year sold the rooftop tent for the Subaru. So I bought a Bronco last year, 
So I finally got that. So I had one on order and I'm kind of transitioning that into like the major kind of off-road and camping stuff. Gotcha. And then uh, I just this year bought a new rooftop tent for the Bronco and then wound up selling the one I had for the Subaru just because I wanted something a little bigger. And I'm like, well, it seems kind of silly to have two rooftop tents and I'll probably wind up using the Bronco more for <laughs> yeah. kind of the extreme camping. So I kind of transitioned the Subaru away from that a little bit now. Did you do any car camping before you got the rooftop tent? Mm-hmm. Yeah, loads of it. Taking it up to Moab and stuff before I had the roof tent on like bike trips and stuff where I would just tent camp, like throw everything in the back because it's a hatchback and then yeah. tent camp. And then nice. I mean, that's a lot of fun too. Yeah, yeah. What's the furthest you've driven in your car? The furthest I've taken it is actually up to Whistler, Canada. So how, how far I've is that? Driven it, I think round trip it was like 35, 3,600 miles. Wow, that's a good trip. Yeah. <laughs> so you said that it was 2014? The model year? Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah. so how many miles do you have on it now? I just clicked over 95,000 the other day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Because I'm at almost at 90,000 and I've had it for three years. <laughs> I always laugh because like either people are right up there with me and don't think I'm crazy and I don't think I don't feel crazy or people are like, oh yeah, it's like a 15 and I have 30,000 miles. So yeah, I just, I drive a lot. I've driven it to Colorado, Arkansas a few times, Austin, San Antonio and Dallas many times. And then just around here, I drive a Mm. lot, but I'm getting use out of it. Yeah. No, it's, I mean... That's what a car is for. Yeah, yeah. So when you were looking at at those, I mean, were you like dead set on getting the WRX hatch? And if like, I mean, were there any other options of like, okay, if I can't get a WRX hatch, I'll get this? Or was it like, I'm getting a WRX hatch or I'm not getting one? Yeah, it was pretty much that. I was dead set on the WRX hatchback. Like if I couldn't find one, then I wasn't getting one. And it was, it was a tough find because I went to a, it's probably like eight different dealerships in the state. And wow. I, you know, and I'd walk in and it's like, this was right, you know, this is March of February, March of 2014. So right at the end of the build for those. Yeah. So like pretty, pretty close towards the end of the run. And I was, you know, walked into the dealerships like, hey, I'm looking for a new WRX hatchback, World Rally Blue, premium trim level. What do you have? And then like most of them's like, well, we don't have that, but we have a black sedan. And I'm like, nah, I don't really care for that. <laughs> no. But. Did you um, not hear what I just said? Yep. <laughs> yeah, this is exactly one of those. <laughs> but then the dealership I actually wound up um, getting it from was down in Phoenix. And like that dealership was super cool in Chandler. And like I walk in, I tell them what I wanted. And like the salesperson is like, you know more about this than I do. I'm going to sit down and see if I can find you something. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> oh, nice. So and then he's like, well, I don't have anything on the lot, but if you can wait like a month, I've got one coming in from, um, you know, from Japan and like, I can get that one for you. And I'm like, if you'd be willing to wait, I'm like, works for me. I don't mind. Yeah. So, and it had exactly everything I wanted. So that's great. Yeah. Did you have to put a deposit on it to hold it? Yeah. I think it was like a thousand dollars, which okay. I'm like, yeah, here, here you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like with mine, I was looking for a manual and I'm like, I don't want to get one if I can't get a manual. And there's yep. six Houston area dealerships and they had to go to McKinney, which is north of Dallas. And they're like, oh, wow. you need to put a deposit on it. You know, it's $500. Like, here you go. Here's my money. 
Yep. <laughs> I want it. Yeah, I'm happy with it. I'm very glad that I ended up getting it and it's it's fun to drive. Yeah. What are some of like the most, uh, I guess, like some of the coolest spots that you've gotten out to as far as exploring? Because it seems like you get out a lot and you said, like you said, you hike and you camp and stuff. So what are some of like the most fun places you've explored? I think for me, just because it's, you know, different from Arizona, I really enjoyed Washington State. So when I was driving up to um, Canada, yeah, um, I did it over like the course of two weeks and just basically camped everywhere. But one of my favorite spots was up in um, near Mount Rainer. And yeah. like the campsite I had was super awesome. It's kind of tucked away in the trees and I had a perfect view of the mountain. And then I had this big stream running right behind my campsite and it was oh just like gosh. awesome. And I was pretty much the only one there. It was like the middle of the week and there was no one else at that campground. It was just me by myself, like hanging out there. It was just the best thing ever. That sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. I remember we went to Colorado and we were just like hiking and there was this mini waterfall and that turned into a stream and and I was thinking like, man, it'd be so nice to have like just a hammock right here, put it between mm-hmm. a couple of trees and just lay there and listen to the stream and just have the mountain view. It's like, man, yep. that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah I think that's really the nice. one thing. The one thing we don't have in Arizona is water. So even though I live up high in the mountains and we have trees in the mountains and everything, we don't really have water. So I always get really excited whenever I get to go to a place and there's like water actually flowing. <laughs> yeah. That's always like super novel. And I'm like, ah, I wish we had that back home. Yeah. That's like me with mountains because we don't have mountains here. So anywhere I go mm. with mountains, I'm like super excited and love seeing them. But yeah, I know what you mean by the running water too. I mean, we have streams and stuff here, but yeah, it's nice. It's different. So one of the places that my friend took us was, it's called Into the World, right? Mm-hmm. And yep. yeah, and it overlooks Sedona. Yeah, that's beautiful. That place is... It's a... Yeah. (laughs) I love that spot. It's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And he took us out to Sedona, too, and took us out. I guess it was like... He had a a Toyota 4Runner. He had a 9... Or not a 4Runner. He had a 96 Land Cruiser. And he took us down the Devil Staircase and a bunch of the rocks and stuff around (laughs) in Sedona. And man, that that was so fun. He let me drive it. He let my daughter drive it. And Unfortunately, my son wasn't old enough and tall enough to drive it, but if he had been, we would have let him drive it. But that was that was a fun trip. So that's why I said I want to go back because I've seen a lot of Arizona. We went to Upper Lake Mary. We went to mm-hmm. the Grand Canyon. We went to went to go see uh, one of the fire towers up some road. Mm-hmm. Went up into the fire tower and was like talking to the guy about how they spot the fires and stuff. And I was like, this is really cool. I mean, he took us to see, we were there for a week and they took us to do a lot of stuff within that week period. So. It yeah. Was, sounds uh, like he hit up all like my favorite spots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was great. So it's a lot of fun. What about your WRX has surprised you as far as like its capabilities on and off road. And then like, as far as like going through different, you know, conditions like mud, snow, trails and other terrains. I think the thing that surprised me is just, I think the winter time is where I've noticed it the most. So when I first had it, I actually bought a set of winter tires for it. So I had a set of Blizzax for it and like a WRX on a set of Blizzax and like deep snow is the most unstoppable thing I've ever driven. Like it was hilarious to the point where you had like, you know, four runners and trucks stuck on the hill trying to get up. <laughs> and then I pull up at my Subaru stop, talk to them like, hey, is everything okay? They're like, yeah, fine. And then just keep driving like nothing happened. Like just... <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Like the only like the only thing that would stop me is like once the snow got too deep and I was plowing it, but like apart from that, like on snow and ice, like 
the all-wheel drive system in the Subaru is like one of the best I've ever used. Yeah, I mean, I don't have any experience with any other all-wheel drive systems, but I've heard that from other people that like the Subaru all-wheel drive just seems to be superior over all other all-wheel drive systems in other cars. Yeah, so. I really like it, so it's still one of the best things about it. Yeah, and it's fun to feel it working, too. Like when you're going through stuff and you you get the tire slippage, you know, or you're trying to go up and over a little hill, you know, and you get on three wheels and... Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun. I enjoy that. Yeah. Mud is my favorite terrain. What's yours? I like dirt. Yeah. I like just kind of like gravel. So there's a couple of roads around Flagstaff, some fire roads that are just awesome, like gravel roads that are just a ton of fun to go rally down. Like I just love kind of just drifting through the corners and kind of feeling, you know, the car deal with the dirt and kind of just go through the corners. And like, once you get it sideways, like it's just, it, I don't know how to describe it necessarily, but it just handles that like um, road condition, like extremely well. And like it was, you know, you could tell the car was built for it. Like there is rally DNA in the WRX. <laughs> like it's just a ton of fun. <laughs> yeah. Now is this like small gravel or is this like big gravel? It's kind of like smaller gravel. Okay. Cause we have so. gravel roads here and it's kind of like gr bigger gravel rocks. I mean, it's like, you know, I don't know, like rocks a little bit bigger than the size of your thumb or maybe about the, that mm. size. Like, I want to find some place that has small gravel because that would be so fun to do like drifting in and stuff. Because it's kind of, I mm. mean, you can do it on the bigger gravel, but then it throws it up more and chips your paint more and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I just, we don't have any of that here. It's mostly the bigger gravel, but like, that's like my dream is to find like some big lot that just has like a bunch of small gravel and just go do a bunch <laughs> of donuts and drifting. Yeah, that's what I, so every time it snows in Flagstaff, usually the first snowstorm of the year, what I'll try and do is find like an empty parking lot or something that hasn't been plowed yet and just go through and just do donuts and like drifting and stuff <laughs> in the parking lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So as, as little snow as we get here, when we had that big snowstorm a couple of years ago or so, uh, I did get out to, well, I was able to get out and drive around in that. I found a parking lot behind a high school and did some drifting and that was a <laughs> lot of fun, but I was too timid back then. Like if I was, if it was me now, Oh, I would have had so much more fun because I was <laughs> more comfortable, more confident with my car and mm -hmm. uh, would have done more with it. But yeah, but it was still fun. I enjoyed that. I just, I think we're supposed to get a colder winter this year. So might have to just go up North and find some snow. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be fun. And I'll have, uh, I'll have new tires by then because my tires are, getting up there i mean my tires have a little over sixty thousand miles on them so it's just about time but yeah it'll be uh yeah. be fun to hit yeah. some snow and new tires if i can find some yeah i'll need to get some new tires as well this year mine are finally at that same point like sixty thousand miles on them and they're ready to <laughs> be replaced yeah so you've been to some pretty cool spots. You know, you said you like you went through washington went up to canada mm -hmm. do you have a bucket list spot that you would love to hit I've thought about this as like far as driving to the, like, you know, driving in the, in the car, but I haven't been able to like really think of one. Like I'd really love to go back to Canada and kind of the whole Pacific Northwest area and just really spend more time up there. Um, and just kind of go do more exploring just because last time when I went, it was pretty compressed and I was basically on the road every single day. So I never really had a yeah. ton of time to spend in any single place. So I think really, I would love to just go back there as far as what I can drive to from Flagstaff. Yeah. 
yeah, it's I I would love to be able to take the time to do like a West Coast tour, California, Washington, Oregon, mm-hmm. and then like come back. I like go through Arizona or something, and then like come back through Colorado, or just somehow come back, you know, just like a, <laughs> do a big loop from here all up through there. Take like three weeks and and do mm-hmm. that. I just have to make it happen at some point. Yeah. So do you have any any sponsors or brands that you've partnered with for your build? I've definitely, I don't have any sponsors, but there's definitely been a couple brands that have helped me out. So Melee Design Firm is a huge one. So they've been kind of supportive of all my builds. I even had the chance to try out some battery mounts for them in other vehicles, Um, but they've been a huge supporter of it. So I have a Melee mount in the front of the Subaru with a anti-gravity battery up there. I've got a Melee mount in the back for the auxiliary battery. Then actually, my Miata also has um, a melee battery mount, and I was actually one of the first people to get to test that for the ND oh, generation nice. of Miata. So I kind of did some R and D with them, but they've been a huge supporter of kind of my build. Yeah, shout then, out to Mitch. Yeah, <laughs> makes good stuff. Oh yeah. The other big one is Rigid Arbor out of Southern California. So they made the tire carrier for me that I have on the back of the car. So at the time, that was kind of a custom one-off build for me because I asked them like, hey, like, I, you know, no one makes this for a WRX because no one does this to a WRX. (laughs) So I'm kind of like (laughs) in an N of one, basically. So I reached out to them and they were super helpful. It's like, yeah, you know what? Just send us some measurements and we'll get that built up and welded for you and get it sent out for you and make it a, you know, custom one-off. So that was super awesome. Yeah, that's really good. That's nice that they did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, when you can get support from a brand like that, it's, it helps them out too, you know, to get some yeah. exposure. And yeah, I I still am debating whether or not I want to get a tire carrier at some point because right now mine's just up on the roof, my mm-hmm. roof rack. But I also like the way it looks on the roof. I yeah. think it looks cool. <laughs> so I would, if I, because I took it, if I took it down, I'd have to get some boxes up there or something to just mm-hmm. <laughs> make it. Ha- yeah. I mean, I want a box anyway, cause there's stuff that I, I want to put in it. That's in the back and the hatch. But you know, since I've got the tire up there, I'd have to scoot it over and then fit a box yeah. on there. But still one of these days I'll get one. I don't know. I kind of love the look of a Subaru with like a roof rack on top. Like I think it just kind of balances out the, you know, car. Cause I love having oh, yeah. the bike racks on my car. Cause I keep those on there pretty much the entire time. And I, took them off once to do some cleaning and like my car looked so naked without the roof rack on. I'm like, no, it's <laughs> it needs to go back on. <laughs> yeah, I know. It took me a while to, cause I have the spider neutral roof rack, which is, you know, it's a low profile. And mm-hmm. before I had the, the OEM rails, then I had the crossbars, then I had the basket on top of that. So it was kind of tall and, mm-hmm. you know, I got used to that look. So then when I got the spider rack on it and it was everything was like a lot lower it was it it was it just looked weird to me (laughs) because it was just looked so different and it took me a while to get used to it but now i love the way it looks Mm. so like which mod would you say has been the most useful i think honestly i really that's a tough one because i think it's either between like the lift or the the wheels and tires like i think kind of somewhere between those two I think that has really like transformed the whole car because like the all trains I have on there now are awesome. I have a set of Yokohama Geolanders on there. Okay. And like they're sweet. I absolutely love them. Like they're pretty comfy. They're nice and quiet. They do well in the snow, like surprisingly well in the snow. Oh, that's good. And the best part is the tires are like half the price of the original WRX tires, which I love. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that's really good. Because you said you have uh, 15-inch wheels? Yep. Okay, that way you get more sidewall for your tires? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so when I decided to like go full in on the lift, like I was trying to figure out which you know, wheel and tire package I wanted. And I decided, I'm like, well, I can fit 15s over the brakes I have on there. Like that'll also maximize like the amount of sidewall I get. And then kind of just did a bunch of research at the time. Cause back when I did it, there wasn't a lot on the forums about putting big all terrains on WRXs or Subarus in general. Like there it wasn't <laughs> yeah. nearly as widespread as it is now. So I was sitting yeah. there like measuring the wheel well. And I'm like, I don't think that'll rub. I think that'll work fine. Like <laughs> kind of going through all of that. And then finally found a tire that worked. So did it come with 17s or 18s? It came with 17s from the factory. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. With off-roading, it's good to have a little bit more sidewall. And, yeah. I mean, and it, it looks good too. It's got a nice yeah. look to it. Yeah. So, I like it. Yeah. What have been some of your most memorable experiences owning your Subaru or owning this one? I think probably the most memorable one I've talked about a little bit was when I drove up to um, Canada so that was actually part of, um, I think, what I called the road trip to rally school. Oh, nice. So Blipshift had a competition back in 2019, like in partnership with Dirtfish. And basically, you know, they asked for a bunch of like shirt designs, like that the winning design would win a one day course up at Dirtfish. And I wound up winning. Oh, that's and then, so cool. <laughs> and then instead of like flying up there and I'm like, well, I've always wanted to do a West Coast road trip kind of just take like the flight money and just drive up there and said, and they're like, yeah, fine. So oh, that's, that's kind of what, that's oh, kind of what spurred that whole trip and going up to Dirtfish. I think that just that kind of entire experience of driving up there and like just taking two weeks off and just being on the road. Yeah. I think like that trip as a whole was like awesome. And like probably the most memorable part was being up at Dirtfish. Like that was one of the best times I've ever had. So did you drive or were you doing ride-alongs there? So I actually got to do a one-day rally class. I actually got to drive for nice. an entire day, basically. So it was it was so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> that is, yeah, that is really cool. Isn't that where you met Mitch? That's, yeah, that's exactly where I met Mitch. So it was actually kind of weird because um, I remember talking to him a little bit because Dirtfish every year they do a thing called Summerfest. And it just happened with the way everything was scheduled. The My rally school was the day after Summerfest. So Dirtfish is like, hey, if you want to come up a day early, we've got this Summerfest event and like you can come up, display your car, hang out with everyone. I'm like, oh, cool. Like I can totally do that. So I did that. And then one of the vendors up there was Melee Design Firm and they had a rally car there that had been rolled and then they had the battery mount and it's like, yep, still there. <laughs> and I was looking at that and I'm like, oh, that's really cool because I was looking for some more space in my engine bay. Yeah. To put initially like a charge controller from when I ran a second battery to the back and kind of do some of that stuff. And I'm like, oh, like they make a smaller battery mount and like there was a cool place to mount that. Like this was kind of solving a problem I had. So I talked with Mitch a little bit and then Maybe a couple months after I went, like got back from the road trip, I placed an order for a melee mount for my Subaru. Yeah, because the anti-gravity batteries are quite a bit smaller, right? And they're lighter than the traditional battery? Yeah, so the initial one I had was actually, I went for like the super small battery box that they had. And it was, I think it was a Optima battery. I don't remember off the top of my head, but it was still like a lead acid, but it was like super tiny, like a super tiny battery. Nice. And initially you went with one of those. And then in 2020, I actually upgraded to the big um, lithium anti-gravity ATX-30 just because I was running more stuff off of it. Yeah. And I needed the extra juice. So, Yeah. Yeah, I ended up getting 
a, oh, which one is the one that I got? Oh, yeah. So I ended up getting a full throttle battery from him oh. and putting it in. And I mean, and it's a heavy battery, but I'm running my ditch lights off of it, my fog lights. And, you know, it's nice to have that extra power so that if I, because mm-hmm. I want to get a light bar at some point and it'd be nice to have the power to run extra accessories. Yep. And anything else crazy that I might want to do at some point. <laughs> What was your overall experience? I mean, I know you talked a little bit about, you know, dirt fish and how it was a great experience. Mm-hmm. You got to drive and went up there for, you know, a day early. But what, like, can you, like, just describe, like, you know, getting in the car and the driving? And did you get to drive around several times? And, like, what was that feeling like being able to do that? Yeah, so it was actually kind of cool because they kind of had it split up where you would do kind of a little bit of in-class learning and then you'd go out to the cars and do, you know, some driving. And then in the afternoon, you'd go back in the class a little bit and then do some more driving. But they kind of had it set up to kind of build on the skills. So, you know, one of the first skills that they taught was just kind of seeing, you know, how kind of diving into the corner and kind of using the weight transfer. So when you go into a corner, you're like you're on the brakes, and then you lift off and then you can kind of get the car to rotate around. Yeah. You know, do a little bit of lift turn brake, but what was interesting for me is like getting in the car first because the, um, the vehicle I was in was a 2015 STI, which I was pretty excited about. But nice. I'm used to babying my vehicle. So <laughs> I applied that same sort of thinking to the rally car and my instructor just looks at me and is like, this isn't yours. Just drive <laughs> yeah. it as hard as you want. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing, man? Come on. <laughs> so kind of once i got past that mental block i think that really helped because a lot of times there at you know dirtfish you're you're basically just in first and second gear and you're just sitting on the rev limiter in second like especially like going down the straights and stuff so yeah like that to me just felt really weird it's like nope nope they're built for it like they can handle it yeah so they kind of start off with just kind of feeling the weight transfer of the vehicle and kind of using that to kind of turn uh, the vehicle we did some slalom work where you'd kind of just go through the slalom do the kind of the same thing kind of get the car to drift through and just kind of play with the weight transfer they um taught us about um threshold braking so the rally cars up there don't have any abs so you can lock up the tires if you want to so Ooh. teaching us how to fly into the corner while you know not locking up the tires and kind of getting a feel for that and then the afternoon was kind of spent with actually kind of linking all of those skills together and kind of going down um, a section of their course that they had laid out. So there were some tight turns, some acceleration braking, some like 180 degree turns going through the slalom. And it was wow. kind of fun to link that all together at the end of the day and just the amount of car control that I learned doing that single day class like has stayed with me till now. Like it made me such a much better driver than I was before. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, I didn't know like I could actually do this because I was always kind of hesitant when, you know, before when I was like drifting the Subaru and stuff, but now I'm a lot more confident to kind of take it out on those dirt roads and kind of really, you know, send it through some of the stuff and just kind of fuel the car and like understand what it's doing, kind of understand how to react to it. Yeah. What a great experience too to take all that knowledge that and, and, you know, apply it to your own car, especially having mm-hmm. the car that you have, you know, because you have like the perfect car to take that knowledge and go back and like, now I'm going to have some fun with my car and I know yep. kind of what to do and how to do it. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. That would be such a fun experience. Yeah. I mean, I recommend it to anyone that has the chance to do, you know, even like a half day or like a single day up at Dirtfish. Cause I'm still like looking back at it now, like I want to go back and do like their full, like three day class and just really immerse myself in all of that. And like, just learn so much more. Cause it's as far as like driving experiences I've had, like that was one of the best ones ever. 
Yeah. So what would you say about your WRX best matches, your personality? I think it's, you know, a great bat with, especially with the way it is now, just kind of with me loving the outdoors. Like I think that just fits very well with, you know, doing kind of the outdoors things like mountain biking and whatnot. Like I'm always up for adventure and like the car definitely has that same feeling to it. Like always eager to go out and do things. Yeah. And then if you could describe your, your WRX in one word, what would it be? Different. Different. <laughs> different. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely different. Yeah. I like that. How long have you, like, how did you get into working for Blipshift and how long have you been working there? Initially, I found out about Blipshift uh, through a Dilopnik article. So I didn't, haven't heard about them before. And I guess if you're not familiar with Blipshift, is a Blipshift is an um, online automotive t-shirt company. And they basically do a new car theme design every single day, but it's only available for 48 hours at a time. So it's kind of limited edition in that sense. So they kind of allows them to iterate through a bunch of different designs and they source all their artwork from around the world. I remember reading a Jalopnik article about this, like, hey, here's this new like car enthusiast t-shirt company that does car designs. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like, I'm a car enthusiast. I like cars. Like, let's see what you have. And wound up buying a shirt from them. And I'm like, oh, I really like this. And then for some reason or another, I stumbled across their like submit a design button. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I have some design ideas like that could work. And I took nice. took a couple of graphic design classes in high school. And I'm like, I still sort of remember how to do this. And then I submitted a design and they accepted it. And I guess the rest is history. So and that was 10 years ago now, over 10 years ago. I submitted my first design. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And like, so, I mean, the first... The first way I found out about it was at was at Subi Fest California. So, how long have you been involved with Subi Fest California? And do you travel around to all of the events? So, my first set of Subaru events was actually back in um, twenty twenty one. So, gotcha. at the time there, it was one of the managers that kind of helped manage set up the events from Subaru. They were trying to figure out some other way to do fan engagement and like they knew about Blipshift and was like, oh, it'd be fun to have Blipshift here, like do some t-shirts designs because, you know, people like that, you know. Yeah. So, and then Blipshift reached out to me and I was like, hey, like we got contacted by Subaru to help these events. Like, would you be interested in coming out to one of the events and kind of being the um, artist at the event to do like, you know, a t-shirt design? Because apparently, you know, it. They say like, you know, the interests match up really well. Like you like Subaru's like Subaru event, graphic design, like it all kind of just like matched well together. I was like, so would you be up to do that? And I'm like, heck yeah. <laughs> so then in uh, 2021, I wound up doing Subi Fest California and then Big Northwest as well. Okay. And have you, so, so what did you do? So you were at Subi Fest California in 22, which is where we met, yep. but did you do other events that year also? I did. So last year I did most of the events. So last year... I did Subi Fest California, Subi Fest Midwest, Boxer Fest, and Subi Fest Florida. Okay. So the only ones I didn't hit last year were Big Northwest and Wicked Big Meat. Okay, yeah. And then you did Subi Fest Texas this year, and we yep. missed each other. Like I didn't realize yeah. that you were going to be there. <laughs> yeah. So, but I I, I know like uh, you I know you were busy and I was busy, but uh, so if you end up going out there next or coming out next year, then. Definitely have yeah. to keep in touch and be like, hey, yeah, let's meet up for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hopeful that they'll, they'll you know, fake, you know, keep giving me the opportunity to do it. So <laughs> yeah, I hope that I can keep coming. So yeah. And there's Subi Fest Texas will be coming back next year. 
So is what from what they say because it was it was like the biggest turnout for an event, you know, its first time, you know, yeah. its inaugural event. So yeah. so that was good to hear and uh it did better than they expected it to do. I honestly like out of all the events I've been to this year, I think I enjoyed Subi Fest Texas the most. Like the people were just awesome like just the cars that were there and like the interactions I had from um sitting at the Blipshift booth, like I had one of the best times ever. Like I really enjoyed that event a ton. That's good. That's good to hear. Where where were you in the, at the I event? was next to the big Subaru trailer. So kind of next to the Subaru trailer and behind like the Subaru dealership aisle that they had going on there. Okay. Yeah. So I probably walked right by it and just didn't. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know, trying to figure out where everything was. And I was with my son <clears> too. So I was trying to like, you know, hang out with him. And cause I, I was, that's what was great about having one in Texas is like, I can actually take my son and he mm-hmm. can experience Subi Fest. Cause I had been to Boxer Fest and Subi Fest, California. So I wanted him to have this experience too. Yeah. Those are a ton of fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like Blipshift does all different sorts of cars, not just Subaru, right? Yep. Yeah. A little bit of everything. So cars, um, they do some motorcycle stuff as well. So it's kind of all over the place. And like, you know, with them having a new design every single day kind of allows them to iterate through just a bunch of different, you know, niche groups. So they have, you know, done some BMW stuff, Audi stuff, obviously a ton of Subaru stuff. You name it, they've probably done it at this point. Like they think I was talking with um, Joe at the last event and they have over 4,000 designs that they've hosted on the website. Yeah. (laughs) That's really cool. So do y'all do other events besides SubiFest? So right now, the only ones they've done are with Subaru. Okay. There are some other ones that are in the works, but I can't really talk about those. So there might be some other ones coming up for some other manufacturers, but okay. um, those are still kind of still still in, in talks right now. But, um, you know, fingers crossed that we can make something work. Yeah. So it says like, on your profile that you're a, a Blipshift ambassador. So are there how many like ambassadors do they have and people that are doing this kind of thing? It's... I don't know off the top of my head. I think it's only a handful of people. They're still kind of trying to pilot the program, kind of trying to figure out what it's really going to be like. But it's similar to kind of like the Subaru Ambassador Program where you have, you know, kind of people that know about the brand that are kind of, you know, in with it um, that can kind of help promote it when they go to, you know, like car meets and stuff and car shows, et cetera. Yeah. So you said you've been with them for a little over 10 years. So how long have they been in business? They just celebrated their 11th year this year. Okay, yeah. So you got in pretty early on with, mm-hmm. the, with them starting up. Yep. <laughs> yeah. How has it changed since, like, when they first started out to what they're doing now, or is it pretty much stayed the same? It's pretty much stayed the same. It's a little different. So back when I first started, they usually only had like I think like two or three designs a week. So each design was available for a lot longer of a time, and then oh, in the yeah. last. It's probably like five years. They've kind of gone to a model where it's a new design every day just to kind of get through some more designs. And then I think they also have a lot more sales now. So a lot more themed sales. Like if you look at it, it's like, oh, it's a BMW sale or it's like you know, yeah. a Subaru sale. Like they have a lot more themed things going on. So I think that's kind of how it's changed. And they've kind of, you know, obviously expanded since they started going, you know, because yeah. back then they only offered t-shirts. But now you can get, you know, T-shirts, posters, um, oh, women's okay. T-shirts, hoodies. Nice. And then they've also have like a whole array of stickers that they've created um, as well. And they have like neckties and socks. So there's like a, you know, oh, a bit yeah. more to it than just shirts now. So they've kind Full of expanded a little bit. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, that's good. And then I guess all of those designs, whether it's a t-shirt, hoodie, or whatever, it's just available for 48 hours on all of those different types of uh, For like uh, t-shirts and um, hoodies and posters and stuff like that, yeah, they're only available for 48 hours. The stickers are usually available for a lot longer, so those are kind of uh, available until they run out. So they'll okay. do like a run of stickers, and then once those are sold out, then it's sold out until they get like another batch in. Okay. So, you know, if you're looking for stickers, they have a lot more choice on that. But like the kind of core designs with the t-shirts and posters and stuff, those are available for 48 hours at a time. Nice. So doing like working for Blipshift and obviously working Subaru events and then owning a Subaru has like owning your Subaru and, and being a part of all of this, has it opened up other opportunities for you? I think, you know, I've mostly stuck with the Blipshift stuff. I think of anything, what it's done is just given me a bunch more connections in the industry. So I know a lot more people in Subaru now that I can, you know, call up if I have questions or you need help or anything. So that's always really nice. And just kind of getting to know some of the other graphic design people out there as well. Um, I think that's been helpful. But I think just, you know, some of the opportunities, like a lot of what happens is like, you know, someone will reach out to Blipshift and be like, hey, can you help out with XYZ? And it's like, yes, and we have the perfect artist for you. Like, let you know, let's reach out to Anthony and see if we can ask him. So it was, I think back in 2018, 2017, I got um, Blipshift reached out to me to see if I could help them do some shirt designs with flying miata for some miata stuff for their miata summer camp and actually got into connection with those people even before i had my miata and then you know we're all really good friends now so i have another you know in another place with them so it's kind of just more of just connections than anything else yeah and it's it's really cool when you are able to start making those connections because then it's like you start finding out like oh you know that person too and you know this person Mm -hmm. because then you kind of start meeting people that are in different industries and you know different brands and stuff and you can kind of like cross collaborate and it's just it's it's really just cool having those connections like you said and and being able to reach out to people for help or advice Mm mm-hmm Here's a little segment that it's like getting to know the person behind the account, but mm-hmm. who is Anthony? Well, you know, do do a little, little background, but I was actually initially born in Germany. So oh, nice. that's where, that where I call home. So actually half my family still lives over there. So I might tend to go visit um, fairly often, but then I live here in Flagstaff, Arizona. I have a degree in mechanical engineering and that's what I, I work for, um, WL Gorn Associates. So if you've ever heard of Gore-Tex, that's the same company. So I work okay. for them as an engineer in Flagstaff and have for almost 10 years now as well. So, <laughs> Okay. So how long have you been over here? In Flagstaff, I've been here, I think, just entered my 17th year. Okay. So this is this is the longest I've ever stayed in one place. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I was have you been in the US for 17 years or were you living in other places in in the US before this? I did uh so after you know growing up in Germany, we moved to South Carolina for a couple of years. Okay. And then we moved back to Germany and then from Germany we moved to Arizona. So I think I've done a grand total of 19 almost 20 years in the United States now. Okay. Uh, have you know dual citizenship and then my first language was actually german so that's really cool and do you still speak it fluently yep yeah Uh, that you know it's like german is actually the one language that i would love to learn how to speak just because it i don't know it just sounds so 
I think it sounds so different than a lot of other languages. And I don't know, it sounds kind of harsh in a way, you know, the way yeah. that, that the inflections and stuff. But I don't know, it's just, it's intriguing to me and I really like it. But that's like, you know, I mean, I live here where there's so many people that speak Spanish. And if I were to yeah. actually learn a language, that's the one that would make the most sense. But I don't know, I've always, I've always found German fascinating. Really yeah, I can cool. say that German's not very useful in Arizona. Doesn't help very much. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you could probably, you know, like talk about people and they would know what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, that's cool. Yeah, and that's really cool that you were born in Germany. So how yeah. often do you go back there? Um, I usually wind up going back um, every other year. So I was back there in, so last year, and then I'm already making plans to come to go back next year. So That's really cool. Yeah, I'd, I would love to go over there sometime. It'd be a really nice place to visit. It looks really cool. Yeah, I love it. It's, I mean, at least where I grew up, there's a lot of mountains and stuff. And we're maybe two and a half, three hours away from the Alps. And like just oh, man. being down there and hiking is just absolutely breathtaking. I love it. Yeah, that sounds really nice. So what's a favorite memory from your childhood? I think one that always I always really liked was when I was growing up, my grandparents every year would always do kind of like a big family summer vacation mm -hmm. where they would rent um, a cabin down in the Alps, actually. Oh, and the man. entire family would come down. So, you know, my family, then my mom's um, brother and her sister and their families, like we'd all kind of hang out together for a week at this, you know, cabin that we had rented and, you know, just do a lot of family cook nights, like game nights do a bunch of hiking, sightseeing, kind of all the stuff. And like, I always looked forward to that when I was a kid, like I have a ton of fond memories of going down there. Yeah. That sounds really nice. So I guess you all are really big on family and spending time together, huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. I like that. You told us what you do for a living is yep. like, is that like, you really enjoy that? Or like, if you could have any job that you wanted, what would your dream job be? I think honestly, my dream job and Oh, at, at some point, I hope I can make it happen, but I'd love to work for like a rally team or something like Vermont sports car or something like be able to work there as an engineer, like work on like the rally team or like the rally cross team, like helping design the the race cars. Like, I think that to me would just be my absolute dream job. Yeah, <laughs> that would be pretty <laughs> awesome. That'd be a lot of fun. I still want to go up there. And, have you been up to Vermont sports car? I haven't. No, that's, that's one of those places I'd love to go to as well, though. Yeah, I uh, definitely want to make it up there at some point. So, I, so I'm so i doing 48 hours of Tri-State in January, and they're going to be going down to the plant in Indiana, which is really, really cool. But they have have gone to Vermont Sports Car before, and so I might have to just go do it again, just so I can go, <laughs> if they go back to Vermont Sports Car. I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, so besides, well, you kind of talked about that. I was going to say besides, you know, exploring in your WRX, what are the hobbies do you have? But you said you like to hike and camp and stuff. So, uh, what is something that makes you want to get out of bed every day? I think honestly, like there's, you know, as always the, the meme you've seen is like getting out of bed for work and you're just kind of crawling out of bed and then like getting out of bed for like a car event or something. And you're just like springing out. Yeah. Like I usually get excited when I go get to do like car things and, you know, do that. Um, a lot of times, like, you know, especially if we're going on like a drive or something, like I usually get like super amped up for those and like, that'll just like, you know, get me out of bed. Yeah. And those are like, whenever I'm doing something that I know is going to be really exciting sometimes I'm like, I'm like, I'm not going to get much sleep tonight because I've got to stay yep. up and prep for this or whatever. And then I have to get up really early. 
But knowing that you're getting up to go do something exciting, it's like that lack of sleep is, it's okay. Because I yeah. mean, like when we went to Subi Fest, Texas, I mean, I didn't get much sleep, but I was like excited to to be there and see people again that I hadn't seen in a long time. And I was recording with uh, four of the dealerships that were in the area. And so, you know, it's like, yeah, when you get amped for something exciting, it's like you, you want to just get up and go. Doesn't matter if you didn't get much sleep. It's all going to be good. Yeah. So what's something that makes you want to stay in bed? Oof. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think it's if, um, I don't know. Like, I, I think a lot of times, like, you know, if I have to work on something on the car, that's maybe not upgrade related, but more like I have to fix this related. And I kind of just like dreading of doing it. I'm like, I really don't want to go do this today. Like, I'm not feeling it like that's. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I've had a couple of those times and then, you know, there's also times when I'm just, you know, with work in general, when stuff hasn't been going very well, I'm not super duper excited to go in. I'm like, I really would rather not actually. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I feel you on that. What would be your best bit of advice to give to someone about anything? Do the things that you like to do and don't let anyone else tell you otherwise. Yeah. So I think. I think if it's, you know, one of those things, if it brings you joy, then by all means, go do it. Like you, you enjoy that. Yeah. And I think that's, that's really good, especially in the car community, because there are people that are going to get, that are going to like hate on something that you're doing. You know, that's why I was, why I asked, like, did you get any flack for lifting mm-hmm. a WRX? <laughs> and, you know, cause like some people get like lower a cross track and it's like, what yeah. are you doing that for? And it's. <laughs> You know, you, a lot of people buy these cars and don't intend to do anything to them, but then they start seeing what other people are doing and then they start getting these thoughts in their head of like, well, what do I want to do? And, you know, of course you can get inspiration from what other people are doing. Like if you want to get a roof rack, it's like, you see all these roof racks, it's like, oh, I want to get that roof rack. You know, you see certain tires and wheels, like I want to get that. But it seems like everybody has their own style to their Mm -hmm. build and but yeah, I mean, it's really good advice. Do what you want to do. Don't let anybody else tell you otherwise, because it's ultimately it's it's your build. And if it's something that brings you joy, then that's really all that should matter. Yeah. I mean, the only person you're building your car for is you. And if you enjoy it, then by all means. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. How has owning your Subaru and being part of the community changed your life? I think I've just met a lot of really great people. I think that's, you know, the Subaru community is one of my favorites. So even before I had my WRX, I was part of the local um, Subaru club that we had here in Flagstaff. And I'd always, you know, go out to the meets, like hang out with everyone, talk to everyone, look at everyone's builds, like kind of, you know, get some inspiration for what I want to do and kind of get amped up for, you know, when I could get like a WRX and like join that. And then even now, like being able to go to all the, the Subi events, like just seeing all the people there and like having those interactions with people, like it's, you know, the events are all across the country. And like at every single event, I've had awesome conversations with people and just, you know, like-minded individuals. Yeah. And like, so when you bought your Impreza, did you know about the Subaru community or did it take you a while to find out like, oh, hey, there's a whole community out there? Because you also... Like Instagram and Facebook are like so big right now with, mm-hmm. you know, you, it's easy for you to find the community basically. But like yeah. back then, 
I know you said that you like were going through forums and stuff where you're, when you were looking for things, but like, how did you find out about the community? So it was actually one of the people I went to college with. Um, he had a Subaru Forester, and I think it was after class or something one day. He's like, hey, do you want to, you know, there's this car meet going on for the Subaru club in town. Like, do you want to come? And I'm like, oh, I haven't heard about that. Like, yeah, sure. It sounds like a lot of fun. And then wound up finding out about the club. And then, like I said, you know, they had a Facebook page. And then from there, just kind of got sucked into that. And then, you know, now with all the communities everywhere, it's... <laughs> yeah. Um, it's pretty easy to go find. Yeah, yeah. Was there anything that you wanted to say about your build or about your Subaru journey that we didn't talk about? Kind of think we covered most of it. I mean, I think it's, you know, it's one of those builds where it's never quite done. It's always kind of evolving. <laughs> like, I think I'm closer than I've ever been to now. So I think this year I finally kind of put on one of the modifications that I've been wanting to do for the longest time which was i got a um lounge sport uh rear wing yeah so it looks nice kind of yeah kind of the wrc style wing and like i got out of carbon fiber and it's from japan and it's it was one of those mods that i could never justify because it was really expensive and then last year i finally decided i'm like i i saved up money for it. like i'm gonna pull the trigger on on getting this so i finally bought it for myself and i you know couldn't be happier like that was one of my favorite modifications i've done Oh, that's good. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough, too, when you're thinking about, like, a mod that's can be a little pricey and not maybe not absolutely necessary, but it's like, yeah. man, that would be so awesome. It's... Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's it's one of those, like, I mean, it's the modification, like, when I park the car, I'll look back at it, and I'm like, ooh, yeah, that looks good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like Glad that. Glad <laughs> I did that one, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to thank you for taking the time to chat with me and uh, talk about your your build and your Subaru journey. And it's cool learning a little bit more about Blip Shift and, you know, doing the Subi Fest events. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was good to finally come on for a full episode. Yeah. Yeah. Because I did have you on at Subi Fest California for a little bit. You got to hop on the mic and do it in person, which is really fun. It's always nice being able to record with people in person. So, mm -hmm. so yeah. Welcome back. Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. Well, you have a good night, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Sweet. Thank you again. You're welcome. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to another episode of the Subi and You podcast. If you're not doing so already, go give Anthony a follow. His Instagram handle is CrossTrekWRX altogether. I also just realized what this week is. It's the beginning of the end. The end of the Subi Fest season We've got Subi Fest Florida coming up this Saturday, October 7th. So if you don't have your tickets yet, be sure to get them or you can get them at the gate. But it's better to get them ahead of time. So if you have not been to a Subi Fest event before, I highly recommend going. It's a great time with great people and amazing cars. So go check it out this Saturday at Daytona International Speedway in Florida. So... That's it for the episode, and now it's time for those end credits. So, uh, yeah, let's just do it. Hope you all have a great week, everybody. Again, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next Monday for another episode. The Subi New Podcast is hosted by Raphael in a closet in Houston, produced by Raphael in a room next to the closet in Houston, and edited by Raphael on a computer in the room next to the closet in Houston with music by Luke Ruiz in another room in Houston. 
You can find the Subi and You podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. To support the podcast, please head over to patreon.com slash Podcast. Once you join, you will have access to the Discord channel and Discord chats with other patrons. If you'd like to get in contact with the show, you can find them on Instagram at Podcast, online at subianupodcast.com, or by email, subianupodcast at gmail.com. That's all for this week. Tune in Mondays for new episodes. <laughs>